0: It is. I'm Charles Holmes, the Ringer Music Show. And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog. And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale, the mixtapes, the Lucys, and the features. Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast feed, only on Spotify. It's the full goal presented by FanDuel. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG.
1: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Chicago everywhere. Check it. Check it's check it, check it. not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man. Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the full go. Love the full go. With the me. full go. The full go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to the Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by the Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah.
0: You know, joys and a child. I, let me tell you something right now. I witnessed one of the most amazing things in my life, and I don't know whether I'm troubled by it or um, I'm enthused by my son's um, stick-to-itiveness. Uh, today, we, I, he's like, hey, Daddy, I want to go to the park. I'm like, man, let's go to the park. So we go to a park that I helped build, by the way, in Evanston, Penny Park, Okay as a kid, we were asked to get pennies from around the house, any neighbors down the street, grandma go through her ch- change purse. You know, my dad, I used to actually steal quarters from my dad every single day uh, for like a good two summers in a row to go play arcade games in Rogers Park. We used to have this like little street fighter game that we used to go to uh, that my babysitter didn't know that I was sneaking out and going to play around. Can you imagine like, a seven, eight year old just sneaking out of a career and going to play video games. Like nowadays I wouldn't even let my, my five year old like go down the street by himself, but that's neither here nor there. We were asked to get a bunch of change together, right? And these little cans, these little gray cans. I'll never forget. And I got, man, at least. 9,000 pennies together, right? And then we brought him to school because the penny park was getting erected. It was getting built, right? We weren't actually helping with the, the the wood fixture. Like, this is just a giant wooden park, pretty much, right? So he's like, hey, man, let's go to this park. I'm like, cool, I got you, bro. I got you, you know? Let's go to the park. I help build. It, all right? Take you back to the old stomping grounds at Evanston. Let you see the old crib, right? Shout out to 1416 Daryl. You can block that out if you want. I don't live there anymore. It's up to y'all. The stick to of my young man. Jace played, and I told him, like, you got a 30-minute time limit. It's going to take us a while to get back home Let's rush out our traffic. Like, come on. My son, the, the child that I love more than anything in this world, right? person that I am going to leave on this earth to carry on the golf legacy. My son played with other kids for the 30 minutes that I allotted because, you know, we're sticking to moving. We got to rolling around these nights. My son gets in the car. I'm like, Jace, we <laughs> did just, did you say, excuse me, man? Did you fart? Like, what's going on here? He's like, nah, daddy. And I was like, Oh no, wait a minute. What's that, my guy? And he was, he just, he gave me the look. <laughs> and I'm like, this is our first one. This is our first, you're semi grown, kind of like you ain't a baby no more. This is our first accident. <laughs> and so immediately, skirt. <laughs> Hit the McDonald's on Dempster. Sorry to whoever's got to clean up that trash in that bathroom. By the way, it is a it is a massacre in there, like a hazardous waste site in that joint. I'm I'm you know I brought in a a, a bottle of alkaline water and you know, I'm pouring it all over the. You know the 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 napkins that I brought in there. I'm cleaning my guy up. I'm getting a little bird bath right there in the stall. I'm sure people are walking in like, holy shit, what's going on here? Is this a you know an episode to catch a predator, or is this a father taking care of his child? Like, what's happening? Right? I'm panicky. My guy is my guy is stone faced looking at me like like, <laughs> and I asked him. I was like, hey man, when did this happen? He was like, Daddy, it happened when I was playing. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like, he was like wait, wait a minute. You, you mid-play was like, nah, this ain't serious enough. We got to keep this going. Like, I really wanted to ask him, like, am I not allowing you to play enough? Like, I feel like we play all day long. You feel me? Like, as soon as I get them from daycare, we out here in these play streets. Play dates. All right, cool. Hit my buddy Eron up. His son, Nori, is like two years younger than him. We'll come over. We'll hang out and play in your, you know, the pool or come down to the playroom. Like, I looked him in the face, like, bro, am I not allowing you to play enough? And he was like, hey, man, it kind of gave me the, it happens look. And I'm like, you know what, man? I can't, I can't hate on it because we've all been there before as men, right? Some of us have had a shitty day. You know, they're there. They're, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I can remember the last time that I just quite didn't make it to where I needed to make it to. And luckily for me, it was a hot summer night, you know, and I was wearing a T-shirt that I wasn't really fond of. <laughs> had to do what I had to do. Toss that joint <laughs> Kareem Skyhook style into a trash receptacle on the e-way as I'm speeding off because I still had places to go. You feel me? <laughs> so these things happen to us. So they happened to us, but I, in that moment, I looked at my guy and I was like, hey, man, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to manhood, right? Like, because you're not a baby anymore. You know it's not right. But there was something in his mind. It was like, I got to get this play on, man. Like, if Channing Crowder <laughs> could piss himself, you know, every game for his, you know, however many year career, then damn it, Jace Goff can afford to, to have a mistake every once in a while, I have a little accident. And now his accident will be documented here on the Full Go podcast for all of eternity. So I'm sorry, baby. If you listen to this 16, 15 years from now, I'm sorry. Daddy put you out there, bad. You know I love you, but it's content.
1: <laughs> you know what, Jay, it's you know what helps with that though, as an adult? If people just be more comfortable in using public bathrooms. Like a lot of the times as an adult, people just don't feel comfortable using public bathrooms. So they gotta wait till they go to like a more defined Place. Like me, I got over that real quick. Now oh, yeah. I'm using it like one, two. It's happening anywhere I oh, need yeah. to need to go. Oh, oh, dude, I I <laughs> actually like to
0: seek out places that you know, shit. You got to win on the road to win a championship. You feel me? You got <laughs> you shit, game five in at the crib. <laughs> that's the that's the swing game. You you mean to tell me I'm gonna be out all night? You know, eating eating. You know, a, a lovely. You know, Latin dish and Pilsen, and then I got shit to do. Go see a comedy show or something like that, and maybe you know, bounce around to a hot spot here or there. You mean to tell me I'm gonna be outside my crib for six, seven hours, having dined on fine Latin cuisine and drank all of the Dos Equis you have in your your bar? You mean to tell me I'm not gonna have to go? Nah, oh, I'll play. nah. Mm-hmm. somebody
1: bathroom getting lit. Oh no! Nah, I'm going for 50. No shame. Fifty-point triple-double. You hear me? I'm lining the seats with
0: the toilet paper. You dig? I'm 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 wedging the door So to make sure there ain't no intruders, right? Because it's the last, the the toilet and the shower, are the most vulnerable places that you could possibly be. Right, like this is the shit that I think of. Like Mm -hmm, when they mm -hmm. when when the time comes, they're gonna run in here and I'm gonna be singing Secret Guard in the shower, you know, with my (laughs) loofah. You feel me? So this is these are the things that I think of. And I look my guy in the eye, I'm like, damn it you you became a little bit of a man today. I was kinda he was looking at me like, you know, he gave me that am I in trouble look? I'm like, nah, baby, no, no, no. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You know, the play was more important than your hygiene. And as a man, you're going to have to understand. There's going to be many a Saturday and Sunday afternoon where you look around and you're like, "Have I brushed my teeth yet? Like, have I have I taken a shower?" Like there's nothing like the autumn Sunday or the autumn Saturday where you look around and it's 4:30 and you've been watching college or NFL football for 6 hours and you're like, "Am I going to take a shower just to get back on this couch for another 5 hours?" <laughs> Nah. Some of y'all nasty asses out here, like yes, nah. <laughs> yes. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Dude, look at you, look at look at it. split decision right here on the pod, <laughs> Tony. With, and I'm surprised to be honest with you because I it, it seems like Jesse is a go getter. You feel me? It seems like Jesse is a real rider. Times. Yeah, I, 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 I know your vibe, Jess. Come on, man.
1: No, no, no. We need we need to be 100 percent real. We. Take hygiene seriously for others, not necessarily for ourselves. I if take we hygiene a, seriously. No, nah, I'm, I'm, Jason. I'm in in reality, we <laughs> get as men get dressed for the attraction of our significant other. Yeah. Or to pursue a significant other. One hundred percent. If if we were just chilling amongst ourselves, sometimes both at the same time. You right. feel <laughs> <it>? <laughs> we, we, we be we be we be good. We be good. Yeah.
0: To the same point, to yeah, a bar, point. barbers are only employed because of you, you know the whoever you're trying to attract, right? These car dealerships only make money because of whoever you're trying to attract, and and let's face it, upward movement in these companies is only because of whoever we're trying to attract. Because if it, to keep it funky, me, you, and Jesse could get a crib right now for about a good two grand a month and live like kings, but we wouldn't have the people that we're trying to attract in our lives, right? So, <laughs> really? and after a while, you know. You know, I'm I'm tough to live with after a while.
1: You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm that's sure the a, human a, race.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a. By the way, there's a line of people like just waiting to give their testimonial on that statement uh, in in the near future. But man, you know, there, there are there are days that I can denote going forward that yeah, my guy became a man today. Well, damn it, I'd be damned if I'm not going to count August 9th, two thousand twenty two, as one of the days where my guy became a man, where he looked. He looked personal comfort um, uh, offending everyone around him and <sighs> other things dead in the eye and never fucking blinked. You feel me? It's a golf right there. Knowing that there's, there's nothing but, but loss and despair and shame at the end of this venture. But damn it, we gonna do it until they say, hey, you gotta go wipe your ass. <laughs> So shout out to my baby. Hopefully I didn't embarrass him too much. Now we can get into the old sports room.
1: Time for some commercials. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the
0: kick is good for the win. Fade to black.
1: Brought to you by the Ringer, a Spotify original.
0: Ah, Tony, Jesse, we have arrived. We have arrived at a very important point in the calendar. It's the bears are an interesting day. Yes, yes. It only took us eight practices, a family fest, and a whole bunch of tweets from reporters who can't really tell you what the hell is going on in training camp. Yeah. Roquan Smith went out there today and was like, you know what? Fuck your family fest. <laughs> I want my money. <laughs> and it ain't going to be from y'all. So I'm going to keep it moving. If you are, uh, if you're lame to the game or if you're just tuning in, you know, and you haven't been around a, a radio or the internet or, you know, any of the things that can disseminate the kind of information that you need about your Chicago Bears. Here it is for you. This was, by the way, I loved it when, and whenever I see the notes folder, I'm like, oh, somebody going in. You know, when it, when it's not just a tweet <laughs> or a statement, whenever I see that, that, uh, how many characters is it now on Twitter? Because it's not 140 anymore, right? It was it like 260 or some shit? You can write a whole novel on Twitter, right? So, Whenever I see the notes folder on on a tweet, I'm like, oh, this is about to be good, right? This is what Roquan Smith had to say to the Chicago Bears fans. And mind you, shout out to Roquan Smith because he played this like a G. This sounds like a man who has broken up with someone before and done it in such a graceful way that the person that got broken up with was like, you know what? I need to do better to get a person like that back in my life. And thank you for showing me the air of my ways. This is what he had to say. Quote, to the city of Chicago and all the Bears fans worldwide, I've officially requested a trade. Just writing these words is deeply painful. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. (laughs) Just writing these words is deeply painful. You feel me? Like Roquan is breaking up like, yo, I've been waiting to keep this, you know, at bay for as long as I can. But the pain is too deep. The hurt is too much. And I've given everything that I possibly can. So every syllable after this word is going to hurt me even more. All right, back to it. Quote I'm a kid from Macon County, Georgia. There it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Your hard scrabble background. I'm from Macon County. Okay. I'm from Macon County. Just uh, just a poor black man trying to get a dollar in this NFL. That's what he's telling you. All right, back to it. When you grow up playing football, you dream of making it to the NFL one day. What you just did was hear from seven-year-old Roquan Smith, who finally realized his dream, okay? This ain't, this ain't good old number 58, the 24-year-old All-Pro right now. This is a seven-year-old Pop Warner football kid talking to you from his heart. However, quote, playing the linebacker position, you never imagine getting drafted in the top 10 by the Chicago Bears, right? You know, poor old me, Roquan Smith, best player on one of the best teams in the nation and in the best conference in the nation. You know, I was blessed to be drafted top 10. And of course by the Chicago Bears to play linebacker. What? This honor that was bestowed upon me by the football gods, I, I can't look it in the face. I am sitting here. As grateful and thankful as I've ever been, I just put a little extra sauce on that. He 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 stopped at a uh, top ten by the Chicago Bears. All right, back to it. "Quote: I'm a homegrown bear. Ooh, I've been eating three and a half years worth of y'all shitty pizza. Is what he's saying, right? <laughs> I'm a homegrown bear." Quote, a dream come true for me to have an opportunity to put that Bears helmet on, wear the same jersey that the incredible and legendary LBs did. It's an indescribable feeling. Walking these hallways the past four years, you can feel the spirit. You feel the pressure to live up to that time in history, that great legacy. Ooh, that boy cooking right now. Hey, I'm hearing Bear Down in the background. Uh, hold on. Let me, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me get this right. I'm, I'm out here bullshitting. Let me, let me set the scene the way it's supposed to be set. This is my man, Roquan Smith is out here writing his love letter to football and the Bears and just talking to you, the fan, you know? Cause that's all they, like, hold on. Let me get it right. Hold on. Okay. All right. Back to it. Back to it. Oh, this, this, I love messy shit. Boy, I love it. <laughs> All right. Cool. Walking these hallways the past four years, you can feel the spirit. You feel the pressure to live up to that timeless history, that great legacy. I dreamed of playing like Wilbur Marshall, like Mike Singletary, like Lance Briggs, like Brian Urlacher, but even. Since the day I was drafted, I vowed to play this position at a level that upheld the standard that was set before me to uphold that respect and honor. And I have. Ooh, see, unquote right there. The I have part is, I've done everything I needed to do, you bitches. That's that's what that that is, right? (laughs) Hold on. I'm, hold on. Now, now, see, when you get to the second page of the notes folder, that's when you start to cook. The first page, you know what you do? Because, you know, I've written stuff like this before. You you write the vitriol first, and then you come back and write all the good stuff second, right? You know, you got to make sure you put the good stuff first because you're going you're gonna to cook when you start to get to that second page. Ah, here we go. Y'all ready? Quote, unfortunately, ooh, That's a tough, tough word to start a sentence with. Unfortunately, like better fortunes might happen if, quote, the new front office regime doesn't value me here. Bang, right there. Sledgehammer to a fly. Nothing soft, nothing nothing making you feel comfortable. Guess what? These dudes don't value me here. Quote, they refuse to negotiate in good faith. Every step of this journey has been, quote, take it or leave it. The deal sent to me is the one that would be bad for myself and for the entire linebacker market if I signed it. This man is good. This man is good, y'all. This man said, yo, they don't value me. They gave me an ultimatum. And I'm just out here trying to, you know, eat for the kids that ain't even in the league yet. That's what I'm doing at 24. Pioneer, you feel me? Negotiating my own deal. Get off my back. I'm just trying to play a little football. I put a little extra sauce on the end again. My bad. Quote, I've been trying to get something done that's fair since April, but their focus has been on trying to take advantage of me. Oh, you know when we start to hear that, and I'm talking about the community now. <laughs> well, we start to hear they taking advantage of me, boy, you hear a you hear a clarion call in the background. You hear a you hear a horn in the back. Ooh. The
1: back signal. The back signal came oh, up. Oh yeah,
0: the black signal. <laughs> the, the black <laughs> signal goes up in What's the black signal? Huh? What's the black signal? Like a, just a can of a uh, 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 Dax grease or Murray's wave grease?
1: It's a fist. <laughs> it's a fist in <laughs> a the fist. air. It's just...
0: <laughs> The black signal goes up whenever you see somebody saying they're getting taken advantage of. Quote, I wanted to be a bear for my entire career. Helped this team bring a Super Bowl back to our city. However, they have left me no choice than a requested trade that allows me to play for an organization that truly values what I bring to the table. I haven't had the chance this is where it gets super saucy right here. Because... Hey, this, this is a surgeon, ladies and gentlemen. This is a man who lets you know everything was all good in the beginning. It was all good just a week ago. You know, I wanted to be Wilbur Marshall, Mike Singletary, feel me? Buckus, Urlacher, shout out to Briggs. Then they did me dirty. <laughs> and now, this is where it gets nasty, y'all. Quote, I haven't had the chance to talk to the McCasky family. And maybe they can salvage this. But as of right now, I don't see a path back to the organization I truly love. I hope and pray you all can understand. I'm deeply sorry it's come to this. Sincerely, your ex. No, I'm just playing. Sincerely, Roquan Smith. That I haven't had the chance to talk to the McCaz. Yeah, clap it up for Roquan. Yeah. That I haven't had the chance to talk to the McCaskey family. Ooh. Let me tell y'all something. Mm. As a person who's gone over bosses heads before, you feel me? Cause, <laughs> cause I'm, you know, you're plugged in, right? Like, all right. Yeah. You know, he think he, he think he got some say in this. So I just toy with him a little bit and then go up top. This man <laughs> in a notes folder went over the head of the new GM <laughs> and everyone involved, including sweaty teddy. Shout out to Ted Phillips. Went uh, over his head as well. It's like, yo, get 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 Jenny on the phone. You feel me? Whether it be rotary, brick, flip, you know, whatever. Your sidekick, two-way pager, whatever she got. Because she probably got all of them. She done been through all of them. She done been through all of them. She's here before phones. You feel me? Get Jenny on the phone. Because I'm tired of dealing with these numbskulls. That is, that is some prim- prime time shit right there. That's Gaslight King right there. Man. Oh, you are Gaslight King. Oh, let me, Let's Ro, go. Roquan Smith is is future in football cleats. You hear me? <laughs> Roquan is like, yo, it's not, it's not you, it's you. And then just walks mm-hmm. off. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> just, just have you sitting there dizzy with your incredible Hulk drink in front of you, like, man, why? What? what? It's not me, <laughs> but it's me. And, and why am I still drinking hypnotic and <laughs> Like These are the questions I have to ponder. See, now I'm thinking about Ryan Poles drinking Incredible Hulk's. now. That's 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 what I'm thinking about. So, to be serious about this whole situation, there's a couple of ways that this can get played, you know. Ryan Poles can play this easy. Easy. Ryan Poles can just go up to Virginia McCaskey, Ted Phillips, powers that be, and say, yo, Let's cut this check. 88.89, I think, is what he's looking for. 17.76 AAV over the first few years of the contract. I believe it's around five years. 88, I think, somewhere around where w- the reports that Roquan Smith is looking for. Put him in that top three linebacker, off-the-ball linebacker uh, pay scale. I got no problem paying him that. But if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm like, yo, y'all making me look funny. He's going to make me look bad in that, that locker. Room. He's going to make me look bad because Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields and all these people are looking at me. If all the people are like, you know, they haven't done anything yet, who cares? Nah, 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 nah. That's not how this goes. That's not how to, I know. I know, you know, us buncing, bouncing around here and, you know, and <laughs> with our jobs that, you know, you know, don't pay us seven figures. They're like, oh, you, it doesn't matter. You're not up for you're not up for your deal yet. You shouldn't be worried about that. You haven't proven any nah, nah nah, nah. Everybody's always watching. That's why this is so important. That's why this is so important. Roquan Smith and Ryan Poles are in a stare down in that locker room, checking it out. And Ryan Poles, it would behoove him because let's face it, a 24 year old linebacker that you're going to sign for five years and, and the deal be done by the time he's 29, you'll probably be able to re up and get another three or four years. This isn't a 28 year old dude who hasn't played, like he said, uh, outside of your facility. The, like the real problem and keep it focused. The real problem with a lot of these free agent signings, I think the Dolphins going to find out. Um, isn't it wild, by the way, the Dolphins, they had that, uh, that, that, um, integrity of the game scandal, and all of a sudden they had to go out and spend $55, $60 million in the offseason. Like, like they had to bone up every single positional unit because Roger Dale's like, hey, don't you ever let no shit like that get out again. Now go sign Ter- Teron Armstead and Tyreek Kill right now. Right now. <laughs> go put Tua Tonga Bailoa's, you know, career in the balance by putting all the talent in the world around him right now. Because y'all let it get out that y'all wasn't trying to win games. But I digress. Yeah, that locker room is watching. If I'm Ryan Poles and I want to play this thing like a G and I don't want to look like a sucker, I go to Virginia McCaskey and I say, hey, man, the dude that you had in here, he he, he this shit is ass. This team is terrible. That's, that's the reason why I didn't go out and get any wide receivers. It's the reason why the line still looks crazy. We got to build from the bottom up. And this is one of the building pieces. But I can't look like I'm giving in. I can't look like I'm giving in. So I'm going to pay him, but I'm going to blame it on Ryan Pace. <laughs> like <laughs> something has to happen here. Some, because if you really think about it, and shout out to the Earn Your Leisure dudes, right? I was listening to them today. And they were talking about investing. And the worst investments are made when you're buying high. You buy high on things, you're going to end up behind. (laughs) Whether it's paying too much money for a bottle in a club, whether it's paying too much, you know, for a meal because you're in a spot where, you know, like the airport or something like that where, you know, they got you and you're going to pay $18 for a beer or something like that. Like buying high all the time will get you in trouble. We see it in the NFL all the time. Luckily for the NFL, the NFL has funny money, contracts aren't guaranteed, guys are looking at the guaranteed money and also the first couple of years of the deal, knowing that at year three or so it might get a little dicey because of injuries and roster turnover. But man, Ryan Pace could have bought low. <laughs> Ryan Pace could have started these conversations. A- Alex Brown, Olin Cruz, Matt Forte, um, you know, Lance Briggs, all the guys who were doing the football after show on NBC Sports Chicago have been talking about this for a year plus now. Like, yeah, you're going to have to get this dude signed up or it's going to be an issue. And now when you look around and the team is bereft of talent and bereft of any faces because Justin Fields is a face obviously, but he is not the best player on this team and I don't think he's ready to be the face of this organization yet. That dude's still learning how to play quarterback. And I know you, you immediately become the face of the organization when you're the quarterback, but it's okay to have somebody usher you in, right? Seahawks had the Legion of Boom. Richard Sherman and, and, and Cam Chancellor and them dudes taking a lot of pressure. Marshawn Lynch. How about bad news today, by the way? But Marshawn Lynch getting, you know, all the, the pub. Let Russell Wilson kind of grow into who he is. Roquan Smith is important. Not just for this defense, but he's important for this franchise. So cutting your nose off to spite your face Uh, I don't think it's the right way to go about this. And I also understand Ryan Poles has to kind of set a precedent. You know, you're talking to Darnell Mooney right now through Roquan Smith. You're talking to Justin Fields right now through Roquan Smith. You're talking to Jalen Johnson through Roquan Smith right now. You're talking to Kyler Gordon, and Jaquan Brisker, and all the people that you think or that you deem foundational pieces. You are talking through them through Roquan Smith. So what are you trying to say to these guys? Don't come asking when it's your time or work your ass off and I'll pay you. That should be the culture you're trying to develop. I just, we all knew it was coming to this and hell this thing might get figured out next week and it'll be like it never happened. I remember I was trying to get LB on here today, but I remember Lance Briggs. I remember Lance Briggs going on uh, ESPN. He was on pardon the interruption, if I'm not mistaken. With Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon. And we look up on the TV and like, wait a minute, is that 55 on a national? And he's talking about being traded to Washington in the 49ers. Like, those were the suitors when Lance was not happy with his deal. And now, you know, <laughs> 10, 12 years later, you got a guy who's going to be playing the same position Lance is playing. <laughs> right? Up for the same, you know, kind of pay raise. I mean, Lance took quite a jump. While everybody's talking about Brian Erlacher, Lance Briggs was out here going to Pro Bowls and being the Derek Brooks of this defense. So to act like Roquan Smith isn't a necessity, isn't something that you want. I don't think that's happening right now. But anytime dudes throw trade demands out there, that's them trying to figure out how fast they can expedite this process. Now, not having an agent is going to also it's, it's gonna it's gonna hamper things from a communication aspect because and I'll be completely transparent with y'all, throughout my entire dealing in this industry, I have gone agentless until this last contract negotiation. And I've never really had to listen to people tell me what I wasn't, but I can only imagine having to do that with an, a GM, you know, with uh, an accountant, with all the people who have to, you know, depict how much money you're going to get. It can be tough. You know, these guys have tremendous ego, just how they built themselves, you know, thinking that they could do anything and actually accomplishing it, getting through all those filters. Like, you know, we talk about NFL play. We talk about athletes as if, uh, well, you know, this guy's playing a kid game. You know, these guys, these guys are professionals far before they make it to any of these leagues. You know, we all know somebody who was cold as hell in high school, or cold as hell in grade school. And for whatever reason, they get filtered out throughout the process. These guys make it here because they, they've been professionals for a long time and they've built up that body of work and they've got that talent. But to hear, Hey, by the way, uh, you know, you weren't covering the scene like you, like you're supposed to last year. You know, you, you want to get paid like Darius Leonard and Devin White and all these other dudes. You know, these guys are doing something that, you know, th- these are the things you hear. Contract negotiations are nasty for people who have never had to. I, I remember not being able to wait. To, to like, sign a contract. It it felt like, you know, you was on, right? I, I'll never forget (laughs) a guy I used to work with used to get a different timesheet than I did where I used to have to put in my hours and he would just check off a box. And I'm like, what the hell? What kind of, what, what kind of money is he getting? He could just check a box and I got to, I want to sign something soon. And a very wise man told me, hey, man, as, as soon as you sign something, that that means you belong to somebody. That's the kind of movement that you're not happy with. So if you're going to belong to somebody, you want to be valued. And I, I can appreciate everything that Roquan Smith said. Every single drop. I am pro player when it comes to these kinds of things, especially NFL players. Get every cent that you can. I don't want to hear shit about a budget. I don't want to hear nothing about the money that you gave to everybody else before you got to me. That has nothing to do with me. I am out here shortening my lifespan at this position. You feel me? It's running backs, linebackers, and safeties. Like (laughs) These dudes are missiles. They're compact and fast enough to do the most damage on the field impact-wise. Stop playing. Roquan knows exactly. And, And guess what? With all the things that you're going to hear, you're gonna hear the stuff about Roque well, if you're Roquoi, you're gonna hear about the you know, the car crash. You know, you're gonna hear they're gonna bring up all the stuff that um has been alleged and not found, you know, all the foolishness that, that that players go through or players put themselves in. So yeah, not having an agent, the communications can get tough, especially if this is you know, this is this is generational money. This is life changing money that we're talking about. We're talking about Roquan Smith's grandkids right now. We're talking about <laughs> Roquan Smith's uh, business interests. We're talking about Roquan Smith's real estate interests, you know, all the things that, and if you watch his, if you check out his Instagram, the dude is a worldly cat. Like he is a dude from Macon County, Georgia, like he said, but he is trying to experience as much as he possibly can to find out amount of time that he has in the NFL. And I can appreciate that. So for Roquan, for Ryan, this is the first standoff that they're going to have and this is Ryan Poles talking to the rest of that club not clubhouse that rest of that locker room uh, through Roquan right now but man anytime a brother pulls out the notes folder you know it's about to get spicy and boy did it get spicy I was very very happy to see Roquan Smith pin this little letter to whoever it may concern and that whoever is Ryan Poles hey guys this is Ozzy and you are listening to the full Go with Jason Goff on the ringer in his past five. So Tim Anderson's out four to six weeks, huh? Boy, this White Sox season is the season that just won't quit. And the fact that Davis Martin and Lennon Sosa have to give you everything you need to beat the Kansas City Royals in the second game of a back-to-back or a second game of a doubleheader, I should say. Yeah, man. Like even Ozzy and the people who talk about this team after the game, you know, you split a doubleheader, you get the first game, you, you play on, uh, on, on, on Tuesday. I'm sorry, on Wednesday. So you hopefully you can get three out of four, but this thing is, <laughs> you're going up against the teams that you were supposed to be bludgeoning, supposed to be beating the hell out of. You're seven and six against them. Like the 19 games that you got, you got six more. To do what I thought you should you should have had done before, I thought they had to go thirteen and six, just to set the tone, beat the shit out of people you're supposed to beat the shit out of, you run up on the Guardians and run up on the Twins and then run past. them. You got the A's, you got the Rockies, you got the you know the the Rangers, you got the Royals, and what's happened? They played the average baseball because they're an average team, and now one of their best players. If not the best player on the team is going to be out for four to six weeks. Yeah. This thing, this thing is, it's so monotonous. There is nothing worse than an average baseball season in sports, period, because it's so long and it's every single day. It's, 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 it's unrelenting that you are going to see something foolish happen. When it comes to the Chicago White Sox, for instance, tonight, you know, Gavin Sheets came up with with the insurance knock, but there was a moment early in the game. Well, in the middle of the game, because I believe it was the fifth or sixth inning where Andrew Vaughn, and I know he was supposed to get a rest, but, you know, when you, when you get six, seven innings off, you think getting a pinch hit isn't taxing a young man too much. Like Tony Larusa, just makes certain moves or doesn't make certain moves that you think are obvious. You know, I went back and looked at the defensive war because of how bad this defensive uh, group is. Defensive war for this team, you got like three players playing above average defense of your everydays, of your regular mainstays. You've got a, a pitching staff who is bottom third in whip, walks and hits, trainings pitch. Like, <laughs> if, if, if you're getting people on base, And you're not picking up the ball, and you're not doing what you're supposed to do on the base pass. That's what that's what you got. And even after wins, it just tonight, the the ninth inning wasn't clean at all. Liam Hendricks bouncing curveballs, and and Yasmani Grandal. You talk about a stinker of a season. I know he's been hurt off and on, but like all the all the money that was supposed to perform this year just hasn't performed. It's pretty. It's pretty simple. To diagnose why this White Sox team has gotten down like this. And then to read Rick Hahn talk about this team needing some swagger. Like, man, stop it. Stop it. You, 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 you put the, the head of, uh, swagger rain <laughs> at the, at, at the controls. Like, if there is a dude who's going to rain on whatever swagger you might want to come out there with, it's Tony LaRusa. So don't talk to me about the swagger. That, guess what? When you're not hitting home runs, and you're not talking crazy to people, and, you, and you're not, you know, got you don't have the chains flying everywhere. Shit, ain't no swagger. It's just bad baseball. So if you need to hit home runs to have swagger, well, guess what? Like even in the game one of this, the the doubleheader today, the approach at the plate was horrific. The first three innings. There was a couple of two-pitches. There was a few 2 pitched bats. The first two outs came on two pitches. Like, they're not taking pitches. <laughs> they, <laughs> For whatever reason, they're not walking this year. They're not hitting home runs. They've got a really good batting average. They're the best batting average in the American League, if I'm not mistaken. So what does that tell me? They're not driving pitches. Right, they're swinging at pitchers' pitches, and they're talented enough to get hits. But outside the strike zone, their whiff rate outside the strike zone is astronomical. They're chasing everything. So who do you blame that on? Hitting coach? Fine. You get a new hitting coach in here, and and everything changes? Nah. It's the temperament. It's the personality. It's the makeup of the team. I- I'm starting to question how many. Like you talk when we talk about good at bats, we talk about battling, right? Guys looking at pitches on the outside, you know, saying, nah, I'm going to spit on that. Not swinging at that. That's a pitcher's pitch. Even if I make contact, I'm grounding out. That's battling. If you don't have enough battlers on your team, what do you call them? A group of guys who ain't tough enough. They're not tough enough at the dish, man. They're not. They look good, right? Yoan Makato looks the part. Eloy and Joanne actually is giving you quality at bats. Eloy Jimenez looks the part. Luis Robert definitely looks the part. They're just not battling. So, something that I say about NBA teams all the time: Yeah, you know, this White Sox team they need to take their fucking cool off. You only got so many games to do it. Your cool has gotten you third in the division, chasing the second wild card spot. And now, see, and this is why it matters, and this is why I don't like to hear shit about slow starts and all that other, guess what? Injuries are going to happen at some point. Hell, you can look it up and down this lineup. These dudes that you were counting on have played 30-some-odd games. But now we've gotten to the point in the season where the catalyst, the most pivotal player in that lineup, is going to be out four to six weeks. It would have been really nice to stack some wins early on in the season if you're the Chicago White Sox. But now you got to go at it without your main dude. So what you got? Is this the moment where you take your cool off where dudes are hurt? Where the, when the dude is hurt? Yeah, man. I, it's so hard to feel good about this team, even after wins, even after wins. And I still contend this team's going to make the playoffs. This team's going to make the playoffs with Louis, you know, with Lance Lynn giving up his, you know, four runs and three runs, seemingly every outing. Dylan Cease being a Cy Young candidate, Lucas Giolito being up and down, you know Johnny Cueto being the dude you're counting on. Like, going into the season, if I'd have told you, Dylan Cease and Johnny Cueto are going to be the two best pitches on your staff. You'd probably have been like, okay, Dylan has finally arrived. Cool, but Johnny Cueto. And Dallas Keuchel
1: is not on the team anymore. Man, hey,
0: shout out to Teresa Keuchel. Did you see that? Did you see Dallas' mom? You not see this, Tony? Did you no. didn't see this? Oh, here, hold on. Let me, let me get this for you. Oh yeah. You didn't, see- oh, I'm so happy when, when my, my guys, I I, I get to like, not break news, but I get to, I get to fill my guys in because usually Tony is filling me in, but Teresa Keichel, I believe it's Teresa Keichel. I don't want to, you know, besmirch his mama's name or good name. Oh, where is it? See
1: now I'm, I, I wish I had a bookmarked this.
0: His see mom, it? Yeah, see it?
1: Teresa Keiko.
0: Yeah, read what his mother said. But uh, Dane is probably glad. Okay, so he... so I'll, I'll give some background. I'll give some background. Dane Dunning went out there and looked like Cy Young against the White Sox, like most pitchers have this season. And someone commented about it and about the growth of Dane Dunning. And I don't know how Teresa Keiko got into this, but this is what. Dallas Keuchel's mom, had to say. Not only about Dane Dunning, but about the White
1: Sox as an organization. Dane is probably glad he got traded. White Sox are a horrible organization. She continues after some comments. I'm not bitter at all. Just stating a fact that is very uh, obvious. Even though he was having a bad year, the White Sox continue to change the pitcher he was. We rely on your defense, which the White Sox have proven they don't have. Trying to speed him up. Slow him down. Move him around the rotation. It changes things. There it is. There it is.
0: Shout out to moms. Moms will always come through for you. That's always going to be her baby. Her, that, that was Teresa Keiko. And, and, and if Teresa Keiko was from the community, that was Teresa Keiko saying, your team ain't shit. My son can still pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Two <I> mean, <laughs> things can be right at the
1: same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But yeah, Teresa Keiko jumped in and that's when moms and, and sisters and, and, and family get involved. That's when you know it's all bad, right? Like, you know, that's the, that's when you get into that Russell Westbrook territory where it's like, hey, hopefully you tell your family to turn all that off because sharks are in the water, right? Now I know Teresa Keiko is getting mentioned on every Facebook post just to see if somebody can get a little bit of a nip. You know what I mean? Get a little, Get a little bite. See, see how Mama Keiko is doing, you know, on this fine evening. And mm-hmm. the White Sox got people's mamas out here defending them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. This White Sox team is um, is uh, really, really hard to watch. And now that Tim Anderson's gone for four to six weeks, who knows? Maybe Lennon Sosa gets in there and he's the prospect that we've all heard he's supposed to be. Um, it's a lot of a lot of pressure to be put on that young man, but everybody has underperformed this year. It continues. It continues on this 19-game stretch. They still got six games to play, including the one, uh, the, the the series uh, closer against the Kansas City Royals on Wednesday. But this team, at some point, I think this team's gonna snap into it and, and win like seven, eight games in a row. But it's gonna be damn hard to do without Tim Anderson and this <laughs> this Central is trash. <laughs> this this division is awful. So, hopefully the Sox can get it together. But if not, we'll always have Teresa Keiko's thoughts.
1: We'll be back with more of The Full Goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. You've been outside of Chicago. Outside
0: of Chicago. Outside. 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 Where we at? Outside! So, Jesse, Tony... I want to talk to you guys about something and I feel over you know my couple of decades doing this or being around this that I have been a lot of things on the air right, right. I've been a kid I've been a kid becoming a you know a, a man I've you know I've had a kid right in front of people you know and and they watch my growth and they've watched my journey uh, I've you know, I've been a foil. <laughs> I've, I've been a behind-the-scenes guy. I've been a, in front of the camera, in front of the mic guy. But more so than anything, I feel like I've been, a, you know, I've been a been a friend to to white men, twenty-five to fifty-four years old. Right, that's the demographic. That's all that matters, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, <laughs> I've been a been been a, a little bit of a. A community whisperer to to many white folks who don't want to, who don't want to, don't want don't to wanna dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. <laughs> and there's a couple of things that I just call common white mistakes. One of them is it happens every October 31st and we're going to see it again this year. Uh Tony, can you guess what that is? Jesse, can you guess what that is? a a, a common white mistake that is made on Halloween? Blackface. We're going to see plenty of people in blackface and then we're going to see it on Twitter and be like, oh, man, (laughs) this state legislature... I'm just trying to be
1: Michael Jordan.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) This state legislature person, you know, just happened to go to a party and thought he could be Barack Obama and put a whole, you know, can of shoe polish on his face. (laughs) Or, you know, exactly. Dudes who just want to be Michael Jordan or You know, dudes wanna dress up as Patrick Mahomes and think that they have to put this. That's one of them. That's one of them, right? That's that's a that's a common white mistake. (laughs) The other one is, and and it continues to happen, and I just don't understand why. Y'all gotta stop saying the (laughs) N-word. Like, what what is it about the N word that, that that white folks just can't keep their hands off of? Like, is it is it? It's kind of like it's kind of like Black Friday, right? Where you just open open the store and everybody runs in and snatches the TV. It's like it's like like three or four times a year <laughs> you get just a person who just. It lets the doors open to him I'm like ah there goes the n word can't wait to use it. This this instance happened because Kale Gundy, right? And this should be our outside the shy, obviously. But Kale Gundy, longtime Oklahoma Sooners football coach, and if you recognize the name, it's Mike Gundy's brother, right? So Mike Gundy's at Oklahoma State. He's got the mullet. He does the whole thing where they win nine games and they. You know, they pay a bunch of players to come play at Oklahoma State for some reason, and they go pro, and they they, they always get into a decent enough bowl because this offense is outstanding, but this is not Mike. This is Kale Gundy, and I'm reading from Dave Wilson's report on ESPN. It says, Kale Gundy, a fixture on the Oklahoma sideline and the longest-tenured football coach in the Big 12, resigned Sunday night, saying he, quote, read aloud a word that I should never, under any circumstance, have uttered. Now you may ask yourself, how did this man find himself in this position, golf? Well, let me tell you. (sighs) Kale Gundy, during a meeting, saw players not paying attention and grabbed the iPad of one of the players and began to read the notes that he was writing on the iPad, word for word. And you know these young men nowadays, they're just throwing around words, loosey-goosey, right? Slang everywhere, everybody hanging out. you know, This one's an N-word, that one's an n They're out here like Oprah. You get an N-word, you get an N-word, right? Kale Gundy picks up this iPad. <laughs> Sees the word nigga. Sees it and says to himself, I'm reading that. I'm reading that. Now, I want to know, did he put his foot in it? Like, what the sentence? Like, what was the sentence? You know, like, was there a bitch ass b- b- before it? Um, was there a punk ass before it? Like, was there a run up? You know what I mean? Like, was there a runaway to the takeoff or was he just, you know, rocket man into the air immediately? Like, these are the things. Fuck him getting fired. I need to know what happened and what the sentence struck. Was it a rap lyric? You feel me? Like, did he, you know, (laughs) did he get into some drill music and all of a sudden he's, you know, got his Fabio on or his Chief Keep on and all of a sudden that N-word and he's like, nah, this is where the beat drop. I gotta say this. (laughs) You know, like what happened? Because I've been reading now for probably about 37, 38 years, somewhere around thirty seven years. I get my I get myself four years old by the time I learned how to read. It's probably about seven or eight, but you know, let's 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 you know let's compliment young golf. I get thirty seven years in the reading game. <laughs> There's been plenty of times where I've been reading something and I'm like, Oh I I ain't saying that for for various reasons. All right. Sometimes it's a racial slur, you know, from another Ethnic group or another race, and I'm like, ah, I ain't doing that. I got to be honest with you. It's funny that we've mentioned somebody's name on this on this podcast because for the entire time that Dallas Keuchel was doing his thing and with the Houston Astros, that was a name that I just was not comfortable saying, just not comfortable at all. And I talked to my partner about this at the time. I was like, I, you know, it's you know. You know, you Jewish. I'm what I am. I don't want this to be a thing. You feel me? Right. And we had fun with it. Made a bit out of it. Like there are certain things that I just won't say. I won't say them. Never mind the fact reading them and knowing a word is coming up and putting your foot in it. Kale Gundy, let me tell you something right now. I I, I want you rehired. (laughs) I want you rehired because now we're never going to know. What the context was, dog? Like, I need—was he talking to a young lady? Was he talking to a young man? Hell, was he talking to his mama? Was he talking to his dad? Like, I know how I use the word. I'm—I'm I'm an artiste with it, and I know I shouldn't use it as much as I do, and I've been trying. I've been trying, but in stressful moments, you just gotta <laughs> say, "Nigga." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, you're just walking with your baby and you're like, oh, look at these niggas. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like that, like th- that's the way I see it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or if I know that I got something crazy to tell my homeboy and I see him, I'm like, nigga, like, you know, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta jazz it up. I want to know. I want to know because some people like oils. Some people like watercolors. <laughs> you know, some people like art that that, that comes alive. I want to know the tapestry,
1: the paintbrush with which my man Kale Gundy was using. It must have been bad. He he he, he self resigned. It must have been bad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. He uh, it it was it was probably meant to be said like <laughs> like with as little emphasis as possible. And Kale was like, mm this is a 3-0 fastball. <laughs> Dead center. And I'm going, yard, bitch. <laughs> and he just <laughs> put his foot in it. But shout out to Kale Gundy, though, you know? Because let's face it. You don't just do this once. <laughs> like, you, you, you don't just, you, you don't just bump into the nigger. <laughs> like, you know, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm done using the N word. Like, I'm, I'm finished with that. I'm finished, especially on this platform. I'm done not saying the word. <laughs> if there's any place that I should be able to say it, it should be here. And if this is the last pod we ever do, then damn it, I went out with a bang. Me and Kale Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> Although. You can't call me that kale and you can't say that around me. And disclaimer to any of our uh non well, I'm not going to say that. But any of our any of our uh, uh unmelanated folks out there. You uh don't press your luck. Don't don't do that. Don't don't say why can't I say it. Don't sing it in a song. Just just leave it alone. There should be no reason that you want to say it even if it's in text. You know, you could just be just say the word that will not be said in this moment. Just, just for your sake, for your sake. I'm, I'm rooting for y'all out there. I don't want what happened to Kale Gundy to happen to you or even worse. Okay. So that's just a, just a little tip from your Uncle Jay. So go on. Uh, be fruitful and, and, and don't say that word. What up world? It's Vic Spencer
1: and you're listening to the full goal with Jason Golf presented by the Ringer. Spotify original.
0: All right, so Serena Williams is set to retire, and for all the people out there who couldn't wait to tweet, oh, glad I brought my open tickets. Yeah, y'all, y'all just like the people who saw the Wilt Chamberlain hundred point game. You know, everybody's gonna see Serena Williams' last uh, last tennis match. But shout out to Serena Williams. I want to ask you guys this: GOAT, greatest overall talent, greatest athlete of all time. What are we talking here? Because when you when you look at was it 24 23 singles titles 23 major single titles um she is and, and the time that she's doing it um the competition the evolution of training uh which she helped bring in by the way <laughs> people started training a lot different once the Williams sisters came to town don't you ever get it twisted cuz now we're seeing a lot of uh just Absolutely explosively powerful tennis players. And I haven't seen the, uh, the Richard movie, right? Um, I, will never, I actually was watching it was the 60 minutes when they were introduced to the country, when you saw two young ladies from the inner city uh, of Los Angeles and they had beads in their hair and saw these little beautiful black girls running around with the greatest smiles in the world. And you knew Richard was on some shit because he was like, hey, I'm, I'm getting my babies to the top, whether y'all like it or not. Like, we've watched their entire childhood. We've watched their entire adulthood. Well, not entire, obviously, but we've watched their professional careers. Venus Williams dealing with illness, dealing with injury. Also, by the way, I, I don't think Venus gets enough credit because of how awesome Serena is. And was, but Venus Williams, like, we talk about, what, like, top, top five, top seven of all time right there in the same household. So, um, she has seven herself. Yeah. Like, we're talking about tennis royalty, athletic supremacy, and to be able to do it at the level that they did it for the, the amount of time, the sustained success, uh, and also being themselves. Like, when Serena Williams got upset, you were going to know about it, just like you should, right? She never let anybody shut her up. Uh, she never let anybody control or dictate her narrative. And throughout the time, from the moment she jumped on the scene, right, because Venus was first. But the moment that Serena Williams jumped on the scene, from that time on, there were people who were going through their roundabout ways of downgrading her. Uh, talking about her body, talking about where she came from, talking about her mannerisms on the court, the way she acted. Uh, she wasn't tennis like for a lot of people. And we all know what that means. But looking back at her career, Serena Williams, I'm sorry, y'all. We talk about top three or four athletes of a generation of hell of the sport of the sport of all time. She's the greatest woman's tennis player that I've ever seen. She's one of the two or three greatest athletes that I've ever witnessed. And I'm talking about the fact that you ain't going in there with an offensive line. You ain't going in there with a Steve Kerr that can knock down a jump shot for you. You ain't going in there with a Dominic Hasek who can stand on his head and all of a sudden snatch a title for you in a Stanley Cup run. You're in there by your damn self for two plus hours getting it in. So Shout out to Serena Williams and also shout out to the one of the first athletes that humanized the struggles that women have to go through uh, in terms of pregnancy, in terms of battling health and relationships, and all the things like everything playing out as publicly as it did. You know we see these things play out with men, obviously, far more often because this is a male dominated society and you know consumers are male-driven and males themselves. So men's sports, we've been watching these these stories and seemingly the same ones play out over and over and over again because we've had the same canvases. We've had the same test case. But when it comes to female athletes and what the challenges have been and continue to be, I think she's detailed it. She's fought through them. She's actually, um, she's actually thrived in some of the the weirdest times. I mean, we, we talk about whole, uh, you know, majors and, and and grand slam tournaments where seemingly she was fighting against the revs, she was fighting against the 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 tournament um, promoters, she was fighting against the broadcasters. Like Serena Williams has been an unstoppable force for 20 years. So for her to go out on top and for her to to end it via Vogue, by the way, which is swag, like (laughs) a lot of people can write a lot of things, but for you to uh, have your daughter holding the most beautiful dress that you are wearing ever so gracefully, ever so elegantly and ever so powerfully on the front page or the cover, I should say, of uh, the still, I believe, the foremost fashion magazine in this country. Yeah, man, it's big dog shit. So shout out to Serena Williams and congratulations to her on uh a transcendent career. And she will always be one of the greatest athletes who has ever, ever graced our television screens, ever graced a court, uh, ever graced a promotional campaign because let's not forget what she's done for Nike and women's apparel for them as well. Women's an icon. She's, she's the goat and uh, we have all been blessed and uh, honored actually to watch her terrific career So uh, happy retirement to her and now she can go ahead and be a mom and do all the things a moms uh, love doing and also not laughing. I'm sure those things are gonna rear their ugly heads as well but yeah shout out to Serena Williams, the, the absolute goat. It's the full goat in every. Well, that's all the time we have for episode one thirty five of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. Want to thank our production staff, the always, the always actor Justin Lopez, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Ceruti, and my main man Tony Gill. Uh, for the fellas, I'm Jason Goff. Thank you for hanging out with us. We will be back on Thursday, where we will have more White Sox and Cubs talk. Yay! see if the White Sox can finish this thing off against the Royals, taking three out of four hopefully against them as they head on to another below-average team to round out this below-average 19-game <laughs> opponent stretch. And we'll talk about the Cubs a little bit more as well. Jason Hayward is set to be released at the end of season. Like to like to encapsulate what his cubs career has looked like especially 2016 and that speech so we'll talk about all that and more and we'll have some football preview because the bears will be playing on saturday so we'll get into all that and more we got a lot for you on episode 136 so we thank you for doing whatever you do for this pod whether it's downloading this thing subscribing to this thing rating and reviewing it sharing it with family and friends we truly truly appreciate you by the way to all our subscribers thank you so much we need more of you I implore you to subscribe. If you listen to this thing and you, you enjoy it, we need you to subscribe to it. We need you to rate it. We need you to review it. We appreciate you so very much for everything that you do for this pod. So for the fellas, I am Jason Golf. Thank you for listening to The Full Go. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe. What if it was just that word and just big, bold, like Sharpie? They're just trying to get them. They're like, let's see if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> He's re- he's reading a play call. Right? He's reading a you know a spider Y two banana nigga. Wait, what? Wait hold, uh, uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. Is that where I'm lining up? At the nigga position
1: or are you,
0: is that my is that my new so name? Well that's that's anyone on the field except quarterback, right? <laughs> right so we would see Jesse. If Jesse wasn't a brother, you know, there would be issues. You feel me? Let's it's see, okay. That's there's a, no that's there's privilege. Any, any Latinos on football. Hey listen. Hey we <laughs> all the same gang when it comes down to it. <laughs> That's hilarious.